Hi, and welcome to the Strad Podcast. I'm Davina Shum, I'm a cellist, and I'm the online editor at the Strad. When I was 15 years old, I was starting to grapple with the giddy heights of thumb position. Tenaclef was a fairly new concept to me, as was the fact that you could compose short tunes on a Nokia 3315, providing you weren't playing Snake too. Here to speak about her much more productive life as a 15-year-old is violinist Leia Zhu. Recently, she's been appointed as artist-in-residence with the London Mozart Players, which involves not only performing with the orchestra, but working with the orchestra's community and educational outreach programs. You'll hear a bit about her life balancing performing with attending school and socialising, as well as what she likes to get up to when she's not playing the violin. She caught up with me recently on a trip to Switzerland. Have a listen. Leia, welcome to the Strad Podcast. Um, thanks for joining me today. First of all, I just wanted to ask, I know you're in Switzerland at the moment. What's going on there? What brings you to Switzerland? <laughs> well, thank you for having me today. I'm currently in Switzerland. Last week, I was actually in Italy for a tour, a free city tour with a Swiss orchestra, the Festival Students Lucerne. And this week, I'm in Switzerland and I have a concert on Sunday before I go back to school on Monday and yeah <laughs> yeah oh wow, amazing that's quite it's quite a life that you lead uh, what are you playing in your concert on Sunday the Bruch concerto so last week I was actually playing um the Stravinsky Sweet Italian and the Mignoski Faust Fantasy so <laughs> And how do you feel, um, you know, going from these performances, you know, in Europe and then you go back to school? It seems to me it would be quite a change of environment. Does it feel funny for you at all or are you used to it now? Well, I mean, I have been travelling a lot since I was six, the first time I left England. Mm -hmm. And I've I've often been just travelling around performing concerts and going back to school. And often there's been like some very nice surprises where I discover we have an exam on the day that I come back and I haven't revised at all for it. Um, but I think it's, um, it's a very fun and exciting life for me. I get to experience life as a, a normal child just at school, um, handing out, socialising with my friends. But also at the same time, I get to travel and see the world and explore different cultures, meet new people. It, it's very fun and I, I just love this. That's really cool. And I bet it feels really good now to be able to actually travel around, you know, after almost two years of not touring. How does it feel to be able to travel again? Well, I mean, COVID was like, it was a really long break for me. I I stayed at home. I didn't really go out a lot. And it was, it was quite a change of environment. But I also felt it was quite good. So seeing the positive side of it, I also got to relax a bit, go to school for longer periods of time. I also changed schools during COVID. So now I'm going to a boarding school, whereas before I was going to a day school. And the environment has also changed a lot, so it also helped me settle in there. And now that um, I'm able to start slowly travelling again, I mean, still a lot of concerts are postponed or cancelled, but we are slowly getting back to normal, and I find it's just amazing being able to share my music with all the audiences again. Yeah, that's brilliant. It must feel so great. It's really exciting for me to talk to you because you've accomplished so much as a 14-year-old. You've mentioned just now that you've been traveling around the world since you were six years old. Mm -hmm. And even earlier this year, you got to perform with the LSO in Trafalgar Square, you know. So 
I, I can only imagine what it must be like for you, you know, you're walking out on stage, it's Simon Rattle, one of the most famous conductors in the world, and you're walking out into one of the most famous landmarks of London. How did it feel for you at the time? I mean, this was the first big concert, you know, um, since COVID began. And I, I was actually really looking forward to it because originally it was planned for last year, but it was um, postponed until this year. So finally being able to go onto that stage, it was such a joy and such a thrill. And Sir Simon, he, he's a great conductor and a great person as well. And oh, we got along so well and it was such an enjoyable experience. Yeah, friends for life now, I bet, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> awesome. I wanted to also ask you, you know, because you've had such high profile um, performances in your life, even though you have been doing it for a long time, what's some advice that you would give to people who perhaps suffer from performance nerves or anxiety? Do you yourself have any strategies for dealing with those? I think the most important thing is to just perform. I mean, the more you perform, the more you will get used to it and find the sensation and you'll more like embrace it. And I feel that's it's a very good feeling to have once you do many times and it, it becomes very exciting then. Uh, for me, especially yeah. uh, since COVID, since I didn't get to perform a lot, being back on stage, I was actually at first a little bit um, anxious or just wary that because I haven't been performing a lot, um, seeing it, that once I went back on stage, if it would be the same again, you know. But I think it's very important just to be on stage and do what you love and just enjoy yourself, really. Yeah, do as much as possible. I suppose in mm -hmm. that way, it's sort of like a muscle, isn't it? Performance, yeah, you have to keep course. exercising it and then it gets stronger and stronger. Mm -hmm. But do you still yeah. have those times where you feel just so nervous, you know, or, or do you, you just have a way just to work through that now? I don't particularly feel nervous. I think only if I haven't prepared a piece like very well, I'm little bit more anxious about this section or that but uh, generally not really <laughs> I mean do you if you if you perform uh, I think I'd have to agree with you I, I tend to feel really nervous for the things that I'm not feeling 100% sure of you know yeah and, so. and also if you haven't had many rehearsals or you know yeah uh, with the orchestras or whoever you're playing with I guess it's all about the preparation isn't it I wanted mm -hmm. to ask you about your artist-in-residence role that you have with the London Mozart players, which mm -hmm. is um, pretty mm -hmm. exciting news. Tell me, what does the role entail? What are you most excited about? I mean, um, being artist-in-residence with the London Mozart players, it's such an honour and privilege to have this role. And I think the London Mozart players, they're also like the perfect orchestra for this partnership. <laughs> They're going to love hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's true. I mean, our first collaboration was when I was 12, and we planned many more after that, but then they were obviously cancelled or postponed due to COVID until actually this year. So last month, I actually played the Tchaikovsky Concerto with them in two concerts. And actually in summer, I also had a, a community project with them, also with the Croydon Youth Orchestra and with many children involved. And... The London Mozart players, I get along with them, like everyone from the orchestra, from the management to the members of the orchestra, so well, not only on a professional level, but also on a personal level. And 
we just like uplift each other with music and I feel that I have the the freedom to express like my own take on the music when I'm with them and it's just a very supportive and family-like environment with them and they also have a history of supporting many young musicians and also many established musicians as well such as like Jacqueline Dupre, Nicola Benedetti and um, I think the most well not exactly important but also very important thing is that we share like the same passion and values in terms of we are striving to make classical music more accessible to everyone. I think it's a very important thing because for example if I ask some of my classmates to put on music I don't think classical music is always their first choice but I also think this is also very much to do with the fact that they haven't been really exposed to it and they haven't had much exposure to classical music. So we are planning to do many outreach projects and community projects where we bring classical music to the community, to people of all ages, but also especially to children who are around my age or even younger than me. It's very exciting to be able to bring the live experience to them and hopefully that they have a great time and also fall in love in it as the same way that we do. <laughs> You're in quite a unique position, I have to say, because you have this opportunity to do these outreach projects and bring music to young students who are about the same age as you or if not younger or even older so you know you mentioned these outreach projects to bring classical music to these people what things in particular are you looking forward to doing I mean lots of people that I've talked to they haven't really listened to classical music before they have lots of stereotypical negative associations with it but if I show them the other side to classical music. Well, there's only really, really, you know, classical music is such a broad term. There isn't a specific type of music. It could be anything, really. But by showing them that and showing uh, how much creativity that can be brought to it and how fun it is, it can also change their mindset. And I feel that's a very exciting and very worthwhile thing to do when I can do that for someone. <laughs> Yeah, that's fantastic. You're so positive. Like, it's just really, really <laughs> lovely to see. Have you ever done a performance for your classmates and had them, you know, react in a kind of like, whoa, sort of way? Well, actually, at my current school, we have this thing. Uh, every Friday, we have a performance and you can sign up to perform if you want. So I've actually been doing a few of those and shown some of my classmates. And it was really funny. I, I mean, they were like, wow, how did you do that? And I was like, because, yeah, I can. Because <laughs> yeah. I've been doing it for a long time. I mean, yeah. because you mentioned earlier that you'd changed schools. So I imagine there would have been some students that didn't know that you played the violin until they watched you play, right? Yeah, I mean, even now, lots of my uh, classmates or people around my school, they don't know that I play the violin. <laughs> so it's really funny when they find out. Yeah, when they react, they might be wondering where you are this week. Oh, Les in Switzerland again. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I just want to ask you one last question. With your very busy life touring around the world, traveling, performing, going to school, what's one thing that you like to do when you're not playing the violin? Well, there's actually a lot of things I like to do when I'm not playing violin. I like doing homework. No, I actually don't like doing homework. I think that was a bit... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Surely it depends what homework it is, right? Because, yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, but I, 
I also really like reading books, actually, especially like when I'm traveling, I just read a book, go over it. It's such a satisfying feeling when I just finished a novel or like one piece sitting in the airport or something and everyone's just walking normally and I've just finished like such a, a, a really depressing and hard book. But yeah, I also enjoy cycling around and playing with my younger brother Leo and we also um, have some hens in our garden, so oh, I like playing with them. Yeah. Yeah. Do they lay eggs? <laughs> yes, they obviously. We we got hens because not only are they really nice pets to have, but they also contribute to our household. So they provide fresh eggs every day. Perfect. <laughs> that's amazing. Wow. I mean, you are living the dream. That sounds fantastic. Well, it's lovely to hear about, you know, your life as, as a violinist. You know, you're probably busier than any of us <laughs> I have, but all the best for your concert in Switzerland and obviously your artist in residence role with London Mozart Players and thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, it was a pleasure, yeah, I really enjoyed this conversation. That was violinist Lea Zhu. Right now you're listening to an excerpt of her performing the Tchaikovsky Violin Concerto with the London Mozart Players. And don't forget to head to our website, thestrad.com, to check out the latest news and articles on all things to do with string playing. If you like what you see and hear, register and subscribe to access exclusive archival content from 2010 onward. Not forgetting, we've got 50% off, 50% off an online subscription for students. Sounds like that would make a good gift for someone, perhaps. Check the show notes for the link. And if you happen to be on Apple Podcasts right now, give us a little review or rating. Thanks for listening and tune in again soon for another episode. Bye.